Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to the Big Life Podcast on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. I'm Lina Salazar, a health coach and the creator of the Food Sanity Program. I work with women who struggle with food and body image and companies who believe in meditation as a resource for employee well-being. And I'm Ingrid Weishus, a health coach. I help women in leadership go from overwhelmed and burned out to focused, healthy, and thriving by optimizing what's already working in their lives and making achievable changes so that they can fix what's not. In The Big Life, we hold inspiring and honest conversations with people who have recovered from stress and burnout and learn from therapists, doctors, scientists, and holistic professionals about the effects of stress on our well-being and how to live a bigger, more fulfilling life. Today on the show, we are joined by Santa Tran and Gil Wellsford, owners of local ice cream shop, Nice Cream. So it's a very sweet episode <laughs> today. Sandra started her career in DC tech giant, with DC tech giant, sorry, Living Social. And in 2013, she launched a Kickstarter campaign to crowdsource and start Nice Cream. And Gil has successfully grown multiple brands in sectors such as retail, e-commerce, and event production. Over the last five years, Sandra and Gil have built the company into a booming brand throughout Washington, D.C. The company operates four stores and runs a robust catering business. We are very excited to have you guys on the show today to talk all things entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and the in-between, your biggest lessons, and learn some more about what it's like to run a retail business in the D.C. area. Welcome. Thank you for having us, guys. Thanks so much, guys. That intro, wow. Wow, am, right? Yeah. I practiced, I practiced. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy. You have a lot going on. Thank you it's for having us. wedding season. So <laughs> I think a good place to start is tell us a little bit more about yourselves and how, how we came to Nice Cream, because I know mm -hmm. it's not a direct, direct path like for many of us getting to where we are has been windy rather than a direct <laughs> shot. So sure. tell us a little bit more. So I am the chief ice cream officer at Nice Cream. Mm -hmm. I earned that title over many <laughs> years of eating a lot of ice cream. <laughs> um, I love dessert. I've always loved dessert. Um, and Gil loves to cook. So mm -hmm. in our house, Gil makes dinner and I make after dinner. <laughs> and I have to start out by letting everybody know that we are a couple. That's something that a lot of people uh, kind of wonder. I don't know if you said that in the intro, but I, I didn't I, actually. That's good clarification. Yeah. And we, I, I've had so many times that I talk to people and we have conversations and at the end they're like, are you dating? So are you guys dating? I'm like, I know you were just wondering that the entire time. So I like to just get that out on the table now. So when Sandra says in our house, uh, she refers to our house. Yes. Our home. Our home. <laughs> Gil and I met in college okay. and we really bonded over loving food. So mm -hmm. we would go to farmer's markets all the time and we'd cook for fun. Um, and that's kind of our way to relax. It mm -hmm. always has been. And so when I was working at Living Social, um, my 
my job was fun, but it was, it was kind of stressful. And then on weekends, when we got together, our fun engine was to cook together. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a lot of baking recipes, ice cream recipes. And one weekend, Gil said, hey, why don't we take one of your ice cream recipes and make it a little more interesting? <laughs> um, so at that time, I was still living in my mom's house, my parents' yeah. house. I was living at home, post-college, saving money. And uh, Gil works in his family business that um, sometimes deals with liquid nitrogen. And so he came Hmm. across this fun and exciting gas liquid (laughs) and said, and sent me a YouTube video. I think it was. And he said, Hey, do you want to try this this weekend? Um, And if you don't know us, he, Gil is, um, is kind of the person that will like, just try anything. He's Mm -hmm. like, that looks cool. Let's just do it. <laughs> Gets so me in trouble sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it wasn't that surprising that he, he was like, let's try this. So uh-huh. I Googled, where do you find liquid nitrogen? And it actually happened to be very close by, um, near where my parents lived. And I went to go pick it up. And the first time I walked into the place that sold it, it was like a big welding supply store. And when I walked in, it, the, the man that worked behind the counter looked at me like deer in the headlights like what are you doing here are you in the wrong place like you made it through this huge industrial complex and like came through this big steel door like what are you doing here it's a lot of welders and um, construction workers that come in there I don't think a girl with high heels had ever walked in there yeah 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 asking for liquid nitrogen asking for liquid nitrogen yeah so his name is Jim and Jim helped me out um, set me up showed me all the safety of how to Mm -hmm. use it and everything and how the the container worked and he loaded it into my little Scion TC like the back of my two door car and I took it home and we just started making ice cream yeah and it was super fun so we were playing around with all these different recipes that we had used before just in like our Cuisinart uh, mm-hmm. mixer yes. yeah. uh, to make ice cream and we we had so much fun it was amazing now I have to tell you the first time that we tried it we looked like we were hazmat so we had you know uh, <laughs> pants we had like three pairs of pants on we had gloves we had goggles uh, if you go into our shops now yeah. we're a little bit more lax yeah. <laughs> But we looked like we were hazmat, but we just had so much fun, and it made an amazing, dense ice cream. Mm-hmm. So the texture is so different. The yeah. texture is so different. There isn't as much air whipped into it uh. Uh, as most ice cream. It, standard ice cream has about fifty percent air whipped mm-hmm. into it, and ours is maybe only five or ten percent. Yes. So it's a it's much denser, creamier mm-hmm. consistency. So we were playing around and having some fun with it again, just as a hobby, and. We did it one weekend. We had some liquid nitrogen left over the next weekend. So we said, all right, um, you know, let's have our friends try it. So our friends tried the ice cream and one of them said, hey, I'm having this party. Would you mind catering it? Why don't you come and serve your ice cream? And we didn't really realize, but that was sort of the beginning of our business. business. We didn't even know it was a business, right? We charged $50 and we thought we were like rich. (laughs) Little did we know later, (laughs) it cost us probably $500 to do the event, you know? But we did that event and that actually led to a lot of other events. Okay. And so we did that. It led to like a baby shower. It led to a wedding. Those led to more events mm-hmm. and people were loving it. So at that point, Sandra and I both said, you know what? We might have something here. Like maybe we should start a business. Mm-hmm. So we did research how do other places make their ice cream. And which is what the normal entrepreneur entrepreneurial process is, right? Yeah, you have is, that right? spirit, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and you just do the research. Mm-hmm. 
So we did the research and we found out that most ice cream is made with pastes and extracts. So we bought samples of these pastes and extracts and we had them delivered to the house. And I will never forget, there was this like defining moment in my life where we had this strawberry paste and we made the ice cream with the liquid nitrogen with strawberry paste and it was hot pink and it tasted just like kind of normal strawberry ice cream. But we had some strawberries in the refrigerator. So we took those strawberries from the refrigerator and we pureed them. We put them in there and we put it right against the the one that was pureed made with the, the extract. And it was so much better. And then I smelled the puree and I was like, this is disgusting. Mm. I don't want to oh, eat this. Wow. So that poor company that sent us probably $100 <laughs> worth of samples, we just threw them all away. <laughs> and at that point, Sandra and I committed to ourselves that we were going to build a company that only served fresh ingredients. So today we use a fresh, uh, a grass-fed milk, cream, and cane sugar base. Okay. Um, comes to us from a local farm, and we use as many fruits and vegetables that we can from local farms as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So, so after, and after that, what happened? What, what, let's say, what steps you took after you said we're gonna make of this a business? Well, I mean, we just opened four stores, and then yeah, you know, <laughs> like, okay, okay. Let's unpack that. Fingers. Let's unpack that a little bit. Remember, we this show. It's not about stress, yeah. but we want to talk to people who supposedly go through like very stressful situations and it seems to me that for you guys this was sort of like a game like you were having fun like just by listening to you i'm sort of like rediscoverers even though i'm setting like i'm starting my own business (laughs) but i'm rediscoverers and just listening to you is like oh my god all the things that i have to do (laughs) the dead what do we do because i i read that you kind of like invested all of your savings in this so walk us through that yeah, I think if we knew what we know now, or even what we knew a year in when we started, we may have never started. I think people say that very frequently mm-hmm. um, because it would have just caused so much stress. But the the lack of knowledge for us, I mean, Gil and I had never really worked in a, a retail environment in any management capacity. We had had part-time jobs as kids, but um, we weren't really food service people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we kind of went in with with a pretty different mindset. We were like, okay, you know, we had to learn how to hire people in, in yeah. a, in a, in a industry that we had never been in, um, worked in, um, learned how to create processes in an industry that we had never had to create a process for. Um, which I think eventually led to a lot of success for us. Um, especially internally, we did, we do things differently for our employees that, um, that I, I have people come in and they work for an ice cream and they just say, wow, like I've never worked at a restaurant that just cared this much about me and just really invested in me. Um, we, we have quarterly reviews as an example all the time where I'll ask the question of how can we be helping you outside of work? Like what can we be doing to grow your life outside of here? And that's really important to us. So that's just like one example of something where when we started, we were like, we don't know what we're doing, so let's just do what we would what we would like, mm-hmm. like how we would like yes, to be treated. Yes. You know, yeah. let's let's find suppliers in in the way that we know by like walking around farmers markets mm-hmm. and just like looking for people that would be willing to sell us fruit, um, a lot of things like that. So, so what has what was the biggest surprise um, and the biggest source of stress? And I don't know individually, or was it the same or? I think I know what Sandra would say, but I don't want to put words in her mouth. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if laughing. I can read her. I think she knows exactly what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the stresses, I think 
for me personally, a lot of it is the day-to-day stresses of, oh my gosh, this person didn't show up. And I think I've talked with a lot of other entrepreneurs about this and sometimes being a really caring too much adds so much stress onto you Mm -hmm. that it sort of holds you back from growing your business and growing your growing the people mm-hmm. um so uh, that that stresses me and i know it stresses sandra out a lot is we we care so much about everything that we do that sometimes we get caught up in the minutia mm-hmm. where we can't really move forward yeah. and that's just a stressful thing to happen it's like but i don't want to stop caring so we struggle with that every day it's paralyzing to be in a way. it's paralyzing so he said yeah. he said fear of letting go he said the uncertainty he said what what is it what do you think i don't know if it's fear driven yeah it's really a almost the opposite, opposite. it's Fair wanting passion to paralysis. it's yeah per, uh, yeah passion i think that paralysis. passion paralysis <laughs> is just caring so darn much mm-hmm. About the people and how they feel about their shift, about how they feel about their job. And if it's not the people, it's about the customer and having, you know, a small review have such an effect on us. Yeah. Like, oh, is that a is that a piece of our process we should be changing? Should we should we really be listening to that? Um, or something maybe not people related, but process related. Like I get we've created um, certain things about about how we make our ice cream um, and what, what we have on our menu that are very true to us. Um, so for as an example, we don't have any toppings in our store. And that is so feels so core to me. Uh, I don't want to you know have Oreos on the menu and different things, but we get requested it all the time. And so I'm driven by this passion to build this brand that really is like focused on mm-hmm. on making everything in-house. And then we have a lot of like pushing and pulling us and that's just you know one almost a silly example yeah. but but there's just yeah like for like for instance we're looking for a new milk supplier right mm-hmm. now right yeah but we care so much about the milk that we serve our customer we could probably serve them like uh bad milk i don't know what words i'm allowed to say on here so <laughs> bad milk right um that's not grass-fed and just has a ton of hormones and all this stuff in it and we could we could doctor it up to taste good but we actually care about not working with factory farming and making sure that it's yes. a sustainable process yeah. that is producing our milk and so I end up going driving to to these farms, farms, right? So I spend a day in the car driving all the way to a farm and all the way back just to make sure that their cows actually have access to pasture and making sure that they're not just showing me they have access to pasture. If people can't see that, I'm I'm using air quotes. (laughs) Um, So I I think that that, kind of adds some stress, you know, to make sure that we're staying core to our values Mm -hmm. and... And making, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the value, sorry, the value conversation is one that 
I have with a lot of my clients because you have your own core personal values, right? And what are the values within your organization or your company, right? And right. so when people clash with those values, so when you walk into an organization and these are your personal values and you think your organization aligns with those personal values, but it ends up being a different clash, that's when you have people burning out because there's no amount of things that you can do to take care of yourself that are going to get rid of that problem where your values are clashing. Right. So I think that to create a company and that's, that's the challenge, right? Where the company's values align so well with your individual values that everybody can thrive. And if there's a problem, then you can fix it from a perspective of value alignment, right? Right. And I think that that's what I see in you guys. Like there's this deep commitment that your values, your personal values align so well with your company or your, that it sometimes creates a lot more stress. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but in the long term, I think that that's good. Right. But how do you handle it? Right. Because then now you're spending a whole bunch of time getting the best milk, making sure your employees are happy. How do you get to the point where you find that balance and you find that you figure out where you spend most of your time? Yeah. Especially right. let me, let me build into mm -hmm. what Ingrid said, especially since I mean, you're open, you have four stores now, right? And I'm making an assumption that, I mean, growth, right? You would want to open more stores, bringing this delicious, value-driven sure. ice cream to more people in D.C. Yeah. Uh, or the DMV. Exact, so how do you ba balance precisely your own mm -hmm. values with, let's say, the demands of scaling your business? Yeah. Can you keep that? Can you keep that hominess, that value-driven character when you scale? And mm -hmm. that also within the organization, right? The yeah, people who work exactly for you. Exactly, mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I would say that it is pretty hard to... Hi hiring in the... Um, uh, in retail is very difficult. So, just as a whole. Mm -hmm. Hiring with people that also have values that align with you <laughs> is... I mean, yeah. you know, we have... A, I don't know, like a hundred employees, right? We're hiring ev pretty much every day. And we try to hire people that have uh, alignment of our values, but sometimes that's, that's really, really Sorry, tough. Yeah. And we're not going to shut the, sh shut the store down because yeah, we can't yeah. find somebody mm -hmm. um, that cares about the fact that our milk is grass fed. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you used to like make choices basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we do have other values of course, um, of course. <laughs> about like customer experience mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And those are core values that we do make sure that all of our, yeah, our staff. So I, wait, wait, can we, can we course, back go up ahead, real quick? Please go I want to know what, cause that was my stressor. Uh -huh. <laughs> What's Sandra's? My stressor is cash. Yes, I knew it. How did you know? You knew? You really did? Sweetie, we're getting married in three months. I better know that. Wow, I'm really surprised that you know that. So financial It, it must be like written all, all over, over my face. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, yeah, growing as a small business is so much more challenging than I expected. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have any investors. We're um, completely self-funded. And it's a very um, liberating feeling. Or, or I mean, I don't know what it feels like to be anything else, but I imagine this is 
what liberation feels mm-hmm. like, but sometimes <laughs> it hurts. Sometimes yeah. it hurts. <laughs> feeling free hurts sometimes. Feeling free can really hurt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be that would be my big stressor. Oh, I think this is going to be perfect for the second half of the conversation because yes. we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how do you guys deal with your daily stressors and what routines and things you do. Can't wait. So right now we'll take a short break, but stay tuned for the second part of the conversation with Sandra and Gil. Welcome back to the Big Life Podcast on Full Service Radio. We are Ingrid Vaishus and Lina Salazar, broadcasting live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. Our guests today are Sandra Tran and Gil Wellsford, owners of local ice cream shop Nice Cream. And during the first half of our conversation, Sandra and Gil shared a little bit about nice, the Nice Cream journey and gave us a taste not of ice cream, but of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur in D.C. and how they started their, their business, how it just like sort of like happened and naturally out of this passion for food and, and sort of like a spirit for like a curiosity, a spirit of curiosity. And Sandra and Gil, in the ha- second half of the conversation, we like hearing from our guests, how do they deal with stress in our da- on, our daily, on the, their daily lives? So Gil... Say, like, talk, talk to us about sort of like the passion paralysis and wanting to just like be driven by values in every single sort of like line of the business and in every single area of the business. And Sandra started talking a little bit about her, her sort of like the stress caused by financial, financial uncertainty or just like money, cash, right? Making a business profitable. And I, in, I work with women who. Uh, are triggered by stress and their response to cope with stress is emotional eating and this interferes with their lives and and that's why we start working together so to the extent that you can and want how does this stress manifest in your own lives and it can be emotionally physically emotional etc and and um, and how do you cope with it I think it's been challenging for me because um, through my life, I have found that I've always managed stress very well. I've mm-hmm. never even said the words, I feel stressed, mm-hmm. maybe until until we opened our last two stores. Um, through college, through school, even through work, um, to that point, until about a year or two years ago, I had never really said those words out loud. So I would say personally, I really have not figured out how to manage you know, when things feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually, I just kind of take it all with strides pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so lately I've just been trying to find things that are outlets such as working out and running and um, doing, you know, what, what people traditionally do mm-hmm, to relieve mm-hmm. stress. I'm also trying to find time to see friends more often. And it also might just come with as I get older and just develop more personal values that are outside of work, 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 work all the time. Um, my life is changing a little bit, but I would say I really just never even said the words. I feel stressed until <laughs> pretty recently. That's amazing. I love that you said that because I, I have someone very close to me who it's exactly the same way. And the other day she got sick and I told her, maybe you're stressed and right. It's your way, your body. And the natural to show reaction you. is I'm not stressed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she was like, I don't know what stress feels like. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a taste. Let me show you how it feels. Um, I, I, li- I like that you, you mentioned values and living beyond work and your job. Because this is something that we've talked about in many of our episodes. So like, and it's something that we want to do with this show, um, questioning workism, right? Sort of like that sense that our, our identity, self-worth, everything is our job. So could you talk a little bit more about that, that you have been discovering, Sandra? Yeah, there's, um, there's a book out there. I can't remember what it is, but it's, um, it's a book that basically, it's for women and it essentially says, like, you can be good at, you know, you should focus on two out of three things every, every week or something. It's some mm-hmm. interval of time. So if you decide on the three things in your life, our family, work, and um, self-care, then each week you should pick two out of three of those things to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's just so much pressure, maybe for men, but I am a woman, so I only mm-hmm. know my own role. Yeah. But there's so much pressure to do all three or all five or mm-hmm. have ten um, all the time. And so I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like for myself, like mm-hmm. what those three things are. Can I pare my life down into three categories? And can I just be two of those every you know in certain intervals um kind of forget what your question was no but that's (laughs) That's that you're exactly answering answering my my question basically how are you how how is that journey how is that going for you (laughs) so like figuring out how you deal with the stress that it's sort of like quote-unquote new to you yeah so you you did answer my question so how do you but wait sorry i want i would love if gail Answer. That's good, good, good. Well, you know, for, for me, a lot of it's kind of talking it out. Um, I'm an extrovert, so how I process things is by talking with people. Mm-hmm. But Sandra and I sort of have a rule. So we're a couple. We own a business together. It's a growing business. And there's obviously stresses of a business. Mm-hmm. And one thing that she and I talked about in the early stages of our business is if we're going to have stress at work, we can't bring that stress home because we're both going to be stressed and then we're just going to, it, it's, we're not going to be able to He's help so each other. Good at that. So <laughs> That's, we, it is a superpower. <laughs> so we sort of have a rule that we don't talk about work, uh, when we're eating dinner, when we're cooking dinner and we just try to have time where we turn off the TV Sometimes we'll just drink a glass of wine together and Mm -hmm. sit on the couch and just talk not about work. And that, for me, allows me to really de-stress. And I I think for Sandra, too, having our little puppy run around and just not talking about that. And I think that's something that I know a lot of couples that work together struggle with. And I think entrepreneurs, too, because it's very hard when you so 
VMs, you believe so strongly in what it is that you're doing or the product that you want to put out there. How do you shut your brain, right? How do you give yourself that break that we all need, right? I notice that, sure, I love what I do, every aspect of it in the health coaching and also in my baked business. But I find that if I push myself a little too hard, then I'll get tired and I need that break. You need that mental break. So I think that what you're talking about is, is great, that you're not forcing yourself, but you're looking for an activity that you enjoy and there is a boundary around it where you're not going to talk about work because otherwise it just gets really fuzzy and then how do you come up with those creative ideas when all you're talking about are the things that stress you out, right? Right, totally. I mean, it, it's funny actually. We'll be hanging out and uh, cooking because as Sandra kind of mentioned, that's how we... <laughs> relax together and I'll be like oh I have to talk to Sandra about you know I think we have to you know let that person go or we need to talk about and I'm like I can't I can't say that right now so I'll go I'll I'll send myself an email or whatever to make sure that I talk to (laughs) her about it tomorrow like a notebody in the kitchen while you're cooking and you write down all the things and you talk in the office (laughs) but we don't talk about it (laughs) and we we will go into the office the next morning and I say hey I think we need to talk to this person or whatever so that's um, that's a really tough thing that we've had to learn how to do together. Yeah, and as do you find that as you've grown in retail locations, it's become harder to focus on other areas of your life? Do you find that you're like pushing the boundaries in a way that is, doesn't feel healthy, or have you still managed to stick to them? If you asked us that question a year ago, <laughs> I would say absolutely. <laughs> we were living in a construction site. We're overloaded. We're overloaded. Mm-hmm. And I think it's taken us probably 365 days to get back to a place of quote-unquote norm. An Mm -hmm. entrepreneur's life is never really norm, Mm -hmm. but norm for us. And we get to cook together three days a week and Mm -hmm. be able to just enjoy dinner together, which is really nice. I think what we learned from um, last year, so what we did last year was we went from two stores to four stores. um, And you know, funded them ourselves and built them out with a construction team, but, you know, managed a lot of that ourselves. And I think that something we learned was what our breaking point could be or or was, (laughs) at least for me it was. Um, And so sometimes to put it in perspective, like when I have stressful days now, I do use what I, what I felt in points last year as a barometer. Like how close am I to that? You know, Um, also, the flip side to that, um, the flip side to a breaking point is we learned what what we can do together. I mean, we, Gil never, ever raised his voice. Uh, I'm sure I did. <laughs> um, we just worked together really well and just kind of loved each other through the whole thing. That sounds really corny, but um, respected each other and really, like, heard each other out through this, like, very, very stressful time in our life um, as I was discovering like what stress was <laughs> um, so so yeah stress I, at work and stress personally because you're like what is this yeah yeah <laughs> never felt in my life do you think that entrepreneurship could not be stressful I think so I don't know <laughs> because I think that well, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to talk personally. Mm-hmm. The stress almost fuels me. It's almost like when someone says, like, you can't do this, 
I, I, I interpret that as stress. I'm like, yeah, but that that's like... It's a good one, I, yeah. I, yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm going to do that because you told me that I can't. Mm-hmm. So the fire inside of my belly is sort of fueled by stress. Sandra and I talk about this sometimes that I actually don't feel that I'm at 100% if I'm not a little bit stressed. <laughs> and it's not like an overwhelming stress that like is debilitating, but when I'm like feel a little bit overwhelmed and I just get all of the stuff done on my checklist at seven o'clock at night when I'm going to try to go inside and relax, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm at an optimal point right now. <laughs> I love that you, you said that because in our last episode, we had Chris Perrin, also an entrepreneur, but in the fitness industry in DC, sure. the co-founder of Cut7. And he said that we shouldn't think stress, of, of stress as a, as a bad thing. And it's a, it's a great point. And you were saying it, right? Sometimes stress can... I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to just put in like other words what you just said. And for me, it's sort of like, okay, if I'm stressed, it's a signal that I am leaving my comfort zone and that something good is going to come out, out mm-hmm. of that. Right. Um, and and that is sort of like the good stress. And sometimes I feel, and this is sort of like my, my, my personal comment, but sometimes I feel that we call, now we call everything stress. I'm nervous, stress. I'm anxious, stress. I'm scared, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, now it's this word that encompasses all these other feelings and emotions that are not necessarily bad yeah absolutely i i nowadays you go up to someone you say oh how are you doing they're like oh "Oh, my gosh i'm so stressed i'm so so busy busy. (laughs) and and if you're not stressed and busy it kind of makes you stressed right what am i doing what am i doing wrong yeah i'm losing time i'm lazy what am i yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, so I, i i kind of agree i think that there is a positive stress and i think a lot of those people are Again, I don't know what I can say on here. Just not. I don't know. You can say yeah. whatever you okay, want. Okay, I think they're bullshit. <laughs> so when I when somebody says that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just bullshit. But I like what you say, and I think that that's what we've talked about yeah. a lot. It's like stress has become maladaptive because everything is stressing us out. But mm-hmm. there is a stress that actually is one life saving and that fuels us. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need the stress to get out of a dangerous situation. We need a stress to get ourselves right. up and going. It's how. So it sounds to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you can tell me if I'm totally wrong, that the challenge of like getting this business up and going, of having a problem, is that, that stress that fuels you, right? How do you stay healthy and how are you able to stay on top of it without having the negative effect of the stress and having it become maladaptive for you? That's a really, really good question. And that is having a clear defined goal writing down lists, working on those lists, not getting too out of, uh, out of your, out of your zone and just continuing to, to push forward. I think that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. So it's staying in your lane in a way. Just yeah. Doing... Staying, staying in your lane and just doing things purposefully. Mm-hmm. What yeah, about you? With purpose. I think that, we, we kind of led into this, but there are definitely, for me, two types of stress, different types mm-hmm. of stress. And one is a, is a stress that comes from friction in either a misaligning of your values or a misaligning of your use of time or 
um, something like that with a stress that comes from some sort of friction that you need to fix in your life. And that is very stressful to me. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a stress that you had asked if, can you be an entrepreneur without living in stress? And I think that there is a stress that we all have as entrepreneurs of always wanting to do better. And that for me is a nice stress. So always wondering what we can do next is a little bit stressful, like a little bit um, pressure that I'm putting on myself. Um, A lot of people will say like entrepreneurs are never satisfied with their own product. And I feel that Mm -hmm. frequently. Um, And that's not a bad stress to Mm -hmm. me. That's something that I think to be an entrepreneur, you can live without friction if you operate correctly. And I think if you move the right parts and you can kind Mm -hmm. of get rid of that kind of stress in your life. But I think as an entrepreneur, you'll always have this a little bit of stress of what can I do better? Like, what can I do next? I think that's Mm -hmm. good. So I'm curious as to how the definition of success has changed for you guys as nice cream has grown, as you've encountered challenges, what it looked like when maybe you had, you were in an office job, but how you define success or when you were in another capacity as an entrepreneur and how has it shifted for you guys? (laughs) Okay, I'll go. (laughs) So I've always been a very goal oriented person ever since I was in fifth grade. And I remember when I was in college, I had a lot of mentors and I would say, they would say, what, you know, what, what are your goals? And I would say, I'm going to be worth a billion dollars by the time I die. And that was always, that was like my driving factor. And I would sit down with people and say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. How am I going to get there? And nowadays I realized that that was such a silly way to go about life because there was no reason why am I going to be worth a billion dollars by the time I die? And I've had this conversation with a lot of friends now that my, and that was my definition of success mm-hmm. when I was in college and, and high school and probably graduated just a couple of months. But as we've grown, and honestly, I think it's been more just growing together, Sandra and I, because we, we met when we were in college, is, and just maturing, is growing my definition of success has changed to be what am I going to give back to the world what type of relationship am I going to have with my significant other what type of value can I give the people around me every single day Um, how can I change people's lives it's not about the the dollars so that has definitely changed how I operate as a person and you know, I still have some some monetary goals, but those monetary goals are sort of backed into through what I want to do in life of how much money I want to give away and what type of impact I want to be able to make on the world. So the I guess the impact has really kind of turned turned into my mm-hmm. definition of success. It's funny, we don't Gil and I don't talk about this directly, your exact question regularly, but we have, I guess, a similar philosophy. So when I met Gil in college, he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, I don't know what I want to be, but I'm going to be the CEO of a company. 
And that was so important to me. I like drove so much of what I did. I knew I wanted to get an MBA. I knew I wanted to be a CEO somewhere, somehow. And and then even when we started an ice cream, I was like, I, I want to grow this. I want to grow and obsessed with growing. And now I'm officially the chief ice cream officer of our company. And, you know, <laughs> I have employees and I have, you know, the, you know, a business that I have to run every day. And suddenly I look and I'm like, what kind of company do I want to run? And I've suddenly realized that I want to create community space for people. I want, I want our employees to feel, you know, the way I'd like mm-hmm. to be treated. And, you know, we've always run our company that way. So that hasn't changed, but my mindset has totally changed. It's not important to me to be running a company mm-hmm. anymore. And that's just... And it's funny because Sandra could ter- call herself CEO right now because mm-hmm. she does run ice cream mm-hmm. every day. She's the, the quote-unquote head honcho, mm-hmm. but she calls her ch- herself chief ice cream officer. <laughs> so if that kind of shows how the yeah. uh, but, goals have shit, changed, right? <laughs> so, I mean, this has been awesome, and unfortunately, we have to start wrapping up. So at oh, the yeah. end of the show, I know, at the end of the show, we always like to ask people, um, what does big, living a big life look like for you? living a big life actually is really pretty similar to the the success conversation that we were just having is giving back being able to feel fulfilled every single day and being able to have really deep fulfilling relationships um in every aspect of life in family friends uh you know spirituality Mm -hmm. I think living a big life for me is making sure that I have a meaningful conversation with someone every day, whether that's an employee, that's my fiance, my family, just once a day. Meaningful conversations just bring me so much joy, and I think that's, that's big for me. And then what's one thing you're excited about? Ooh, <laughs> I'm very excited to marry the girl that's to the left of me. <laughs> We're getting married in about three and a half months or so. Um, so that's a super exciting thing. We're not right now. We're not building any new stores just so we can focus on, you know, enjoying this time of our lives. Awesome. The other thing that I'm excited about from a business perspective is I'm venturing into a new part of life and doing real estate. So that's been a really fun learning experience and something that's driven me uh, to drive up and down the East Coast nonstop <laughs> to be looking at properties and, uh, and managing projects. So, um, I'm really excited over the next year to continue to create cool processes for nice cream as now that we're a little bit bigger and just create um, ways for us to continue to be more efficient and effective in everything that we do. So that's my big project. Awesome. This has been a great conversation. I I'm, I was quiet because I've been thinking a lot of the things that you said that make me think about three main takeaways. And one of them is that I like I like what you said, Sandra, about the misalignment. Like that, where does the stress come from? And it's some, it's like a key question that we need to ask ourselves when we are stressed. Where is it coming from? And I like what you said about the values, right? Like there's that misalignment of when your behaviors are not corresponding to your values. 
And for some people, it's not even knowing what their values are, right? And, and then, but then there's the good stress, the nice stress. And we talked about this with Gil as well. So like that stress that brings me out of my comfort zone that just like pushes me to be a better person. And I like that we are, it's, there's like a, it's a trend now in our conversations with guests. So like this idea that stress is not necessarily good. We want some stress in our lives. And success, success again another trend and pattern in our conversations it's that it's not about the money it's not so much about tangible stuff it's so it's about all of these intangible things like your relationships the impact um, that you want to create with your business or like at a personal level and of course i i the things that i'm just like i i love this idea of living beyond our work uh, our jobs and, and finding purpose and meaning beyond our work, right? So sort of like questioning this idea of workism. So for me, those were the three key takeaways that I hope our listeners could um, bring away with them. And of course, the, having the conversations or like the practical things that you shared, having the conversations, talking, setting boundaries. I love that you guys don't talk about work at home, uh, the working out and finding your own ways of dealing with stress, no matter how simple they are. Yeah, that's great. And... We are very excited for our next episode. And next week, be sure to tune in. We are going to have two amazing doctors and because we're going to be talking about stress and fertility. We are going to be uh, having great representatives from both Eastern <laughs> and Western medicine and how we can use both of those to tackle stress um, when it comes to improving our fertility. So thank you so much for joining us today. And if you are enjoying the show, please be sure to send it out to friends and review it on iTunes. And if you have guest topic ideas or things that you'd love to talk about, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Ingrid underscore wellness. And you can find me at live.well.way, also on Instagram. Thank you. See you next week. Sandra. Ice cream solves everything. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.